What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Canton Bound. If you guys remember on last week's episode, we had Matt and Felix on uh, in my absence to talk a bunch of different topics, including uh, free agency preview. Uh, but the guys just talked too long. So we had to break the episode in half. Here is the second part of that episode in which the guys break into their free agency predictions. This was filmed before uh, this week's uh, free agent spending spree really took off. Um, so uh, ignore so, uh, ignore some of the uh, the worst takes as they've played out. Um, but a round of applause for Matt, who I believe nails a bunch of these selections as they move on through. Without further ado, here is part two of the Debbie Debate Guys here on Canton Bound. We'll, uh, we'll move into the uh, the meat of the show here today, which, I mean, after 45 minutes, I guess the franchise tag window was a pretty pretty meaty opening segment there. Uh, but that's uh, some of these uh, teams that have uh, interesting position openings here uh, where, you know, it's a little maybe a little bit unsettled for certain positions uh, or, you know, they could be looking to move on, um, whether it's through the free agency or through the draft. Uh, so we're going to analyze a couple of these openings here. The first one we'll start off with is the Washington football team and their quarterback situation. Uh, now they did uh, let Alex Smith walk, you know, they let him go, um, you know, great story there for him, but you know, you got to figure he's probably towards the end of his career. He may latch on somewhere for another short deal, but if you were starting him, you weren't real confident as a, as a football franchise. Um, you know, now they have um, Kyle Allen still there and Taylor Heineke, um, you know, two, guys that you can't feel real great about as far as playoff potential, at least not as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, are there any free agents that you see bringing in Matt that that could be more interesting here? I know the free agency in QB right now is a little weaker. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, they are likely going to make a trade. I'll save that for the team that I think they make a trade with because uh, it is on this list. But if I had to go with the free agent, you know, obviously all the rumors right now are Newton. And I don't know if that's just because of the connection he has with Ron Rivera and that front office. You know, I do think Dalton would be a really good fit there as well. But I think Dalton goes to another team on the list here as well. So I think... For me, it's going to be a trade, and I'll save that that uh, breakdown for for when we get to that team because I, I don't think they're just too far back in the draft. I don't think like a Mac Jones makes it that far. So you're looking at like the Kellen Mons of the world at that point. I don't know if they take one of those guys and expect them to be a starter. No, they don't because that is a team that is. I mean, this is a budding team that reminds me of when Seattle was becoming the Legion of Boom and all that stuff. They don't have anything other than but first, but freaky first round draft picks along their defensive line. Um, they have, I mean, look at their skill position players with with uh, uh, Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas, who had a good season, and, and Antonio Gibson. Mm, this is a team that you know if they add the right piece, at some point, um, they're going to kind of explode, especially in a weaker division in the NFC East. Now, Ron Rivera. Can I? Can we talk? Can I talk about the draft? Can we? Get, or do I, do I need to wait for that? Yeah, no, have at it. Go for, okay, yeah, okay. Now Ron Rivera at one point had a physical, big physical quarterback with a big arm uh, in Carolina. In Carolina, right? Now I know that Washington dra is drafting at nineteen, but I mean there are teams in the back of the top ten, like um, like uh, uh, where are my notes here? Denver at nine, the Giants at 11. Denver might think that Drew Locke is their quarterback. The Giants might think that um, uh, that uh, 
old Duke yeah. guy was yeah, <laughs> Daniel, Jones. Daniel Jones, that Daniel Jones is, is their quarterback. So that, that could be an opportunity to move up if they want to get another big physical quarterback that um that has a high ceiling in Trey in Trey Lance. Um, but that it feels like uh that Washington team is ready to combust in a good way. In a good way, because they are young, they are freaky on the defensive line, and they ha- and they have the pieces on offense. They just kind of need a a someone to stir the drink. And you know what's funny is like in free agency, I would have said, "Well, that's Alex Smith," but they released Alex Smith, so you have to think that they're going to. I I gotta believe they're not just going to bring in like Mitch Trubisky. That doesn't make sense. I don't think it's going to be Andy Dalton. I don't think it's going to be you know any of these other free agent quarterbacks. So that it, they they have to be a team that is going to trade up for their guy. They have to be because they they have a window just like uh, Seattle did, and Seattle did it with a albeit a third round pick in Russell Wilson. That's how they built their team with defense and a inexpensive quarterback. Now, the quarterbacks aren't rookie quarterbacks aren't expensive as expensive as they used to be and so i could see them trading up and saying all right this is where washington is going to make their run in the next two to three years let's get a dynamic young quarterback who can run the ball because ron rivera remember he's a defensive minded head coach He's a defensive-minded head coach, and you get somebody like – I mean, I'm putting Trey Lance there. You put somebody like Trey Lance there, you can run the ball with him and read out with him and, and Antonio uh, uh, Antonio Gibson, and then when the defense creeps up, throw it over the top to Terry McLaurin. Trey Lance has one of the best deep ball arms in this class. So, hmm. Yeah, I mean, like you said, with, with Washington, they're definitely a team on the rise. They're really just – have such a massive hole at quarterback there that I, I don't feel comfortable saying that they're they a playoff team right now. But if they can get that quarterback situation figured out, you know that could be a really dangerous team that nobody wants to run into. Just given, like you said, how dangerous their defensive line is, they have a solid offensive line there. You know they have a lot of skill position weapons. They could maybe use one more receiver because I don't really love Cam Sims or the other Sims. I think Steve Sims. Um, you know, they have Antonio Gandy golden, but I think they could really use one more weapon in the, as, as there was a receiver and then just mainly a quarterback there. My concern is, I don't know if Trey Lance is going to last long enough that somebody could trade up to get him. I do think that Trey Lance is going to go probably in the back half of the single digits. Um, you know, maybe in that seven, eight, nine round, whether Detroit takes somebody or whether, you know, somebody will trade up or, to get them, I think you'll have to trade up a little bit higher than you know the the 10, 11 spot to get him. I think Mac Jones could be an interesting guy there if they hold where they're at. Um, I'm not the biggest Mac Jones guy, but I think Mac Jones can be a very serviceable game manager, as we saw at um, you know at, at Alabama. And you know maybe he's a little bit he's a game manager plus type of a role, maybe. But I think overall, you know, he distributes the ball very well to to his skill position players, and you know they have, like we mentioned, we have they have some very interesting ones there with McLaurin and Gibson, um, you know, and, and uh, Thomas. So if they don't move up and they can't get Lance, I think Mac Jones would make a lot of sense for them, um, you know, or some of these day two guys, you know, maybe you throw a dart on one of them and and you know maybe hope that somebody hits, a la Russell Wilson, like you mentioned there. Um, so. You know, the next quarterback situation there is uh, is Carolina. And that's one that we talked about a little bit earlier with their offense and, you know, how explosive that was. 
you know, Teddy Bridgewater, you want to talk about game manager, there you go. Um, you know, he had a, a nice year this year, but you know, if anytime you can actually get an explosive quarterback with Joe Brady and that offense, you know, I think that's something you really got to look into. So uh, is there anybody in free agency here that you would be interested in going to Carolina? I don't know if I see anybody being an upgrade on, on Teddy at this point. Yeah. So this is the team I was just talking about. You guys just mentioned everything that Teddy Bridgewater is. He's a little bit better than Alex Smith. He's right now more proven than Mac Jones. He's a game manager who distributes the ball. Well, Washington, in my opinion, is a playoff team if they get a good quarterback. Well, Teddy Bridgewater, in my in my opinion, is the definition of a good quarterback. He's above average. You know, if he doesn't turn the ball over, which he did have 11 interceptions last year, but with the weapons around him, they've got the cap space to take him on. Carolina, you know, I know that Matt Rule came out, I think it was yesterday or Monday, and said, Teddy Bridgewater's our guy. Literally a year ago, he came out and said, Cam Newton's our guy. Cam Newton was gone. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think... Think they want Teddy Bridgewater there. That seemed to be the rumors on why they parted with their GM earlier this year is that he was the guy who wanted Teddy Bridgewater. Matt Rule didn't trade away Teddy Bridgewater to Washington. Maybe you don't get a first, but if you get a second or a third, something like that for him, you can continue to help rebuild that defense because Carolina's, I think they've got a good offense. And then you're high enough up that you can get a Zach Wilson or a Trey Lance. I just talked about with Joe Brady, that explosive offense. I mean, Hey, I'm with you. I, I would love Zach Wilson in that offense. Everybody thinks I hate him, but I would love to see Zach Wilson with Joe Brady and those weapons. Are you kidding? Like, it would almost, and I mean almost, make me say, hey, he could be as good as Justin Fields, almost. So I'd love him in that offense. I think that'd be the perfect move for both those teams. You give Washington their quarterback. They're all of a sudden now competing with Dallas, a chance to win that division and make it into the playoffs. And you give Carolina the chance to get their young quarterback and a couple more draft picks to help build that defense and that team. Uh, so that that's where I would go. If they, if they don't do that, then I do think that they just stick with Teddy Bridgewater I think his uh, his cap hit, his dead cap hit next year is five million. So I think at worst, if they can't move him, I, I don't know. Maybe they try take a quarterback still this year in the first round, and then they can cut Teddy Bridgewater for five mil next year. And, and you know, it is what it is. You give whoever their quarterback is a year under Teddy, and then that offense with Joe Brady, and then they kick Teddy to the curb. But if I were them, I'd make the best of both worlds. Send him to Washington, draft your quarterback, and, and both teams. I think infinitely improve their their rosters. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, that that's that eight spot that Carolina is sitting in right now makes a lot of sense for Trey Lance. That's kind of where I was looking at, um, you know, and then he would give Joe Brady an explosive quarterback there. Um, you know, he's you know, he needs a little bit of seasoning, I think, you know, coming from North Dakota State. But, you know, I think that Joe Brady's the type of guy who can scheme around a quarterback and just make things easier for him until he can develop. So I love Trey Lance going to Carolina, and I hate that as a Falcons fan. Um, but yeah, I think that that's the move that makes the most sense, which, you know, it makes the most sense for all parties involved. You probably don't get a first for Teddy Bridgewater, you know, if you're Carolina, um, you know, but so maybe you look at, you get like a mid second round pick where Washington's picking, even if it's necessarily a mid third, I think that's still a very valuable asset. And like you said, Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback. He's fine. He's a game manager. He fits kind of what, you know, Ron Rivera would want to do with mostly being a defense and run the ball type of a team. And he could distribute to some of those weapons there. So I like that trade idea. I think that's one that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's, that's not one that would surprise me if we actually do see that happen. 
Uh, but we'll uh, move into the last quarterback room here that's really up in the air. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's Chicago, which we talked a little bit about earlier. Um, you know, I, I there, there's some trade rumors there. I think that they could potentially bring back Trubisky, um, you know, on a one-year deal potentially. But the other quarterback room that's pretty up in the air right now is the New England Patriots. Um, you know, they... They don't really have anybody there that's, you know, Cam Newton was a free agent now. Um, he only had that one-year deal. You know, they have Jared Stidham. Is that anybody that you want to you want to roll with? You know, I heard that they liked him at the beginning of the year, and then, you know, they you know, were pretty out on him. Um, so I think New England's a place that could actually look decent for some of these lower-tier free agent guys, um, like an Andy Dalton, you know, like a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, hell, Ryan Fitzpatrick's play for every other team in the NFC North. So, or the, uh, AFC East. So why, you know, why not have him play there in, in new England? Um, another interesting option for me, I think is Jacoby Brissett, given his ties there previously. Um, so you know, kick Felix, I'll kick this one over to you here. Are there any of these lower tier free agent options that you think would be interesting in new England or are they mostly looking at the draft as well? Well, I think you said it yourself earlier. You said they don't have anyone there. You should have put a period there. They don't have anyone there uh, at anything. I mean, I wish I could answer this question, but I have no idea what the long-term plan is for for New England offensively. They brought Cam Newton in last year, which didn't make sense for me at all. Um, And obviously, he faltered towards the end of the season. I mean, that – I, th- I don't think that Cam Newton reached a thousand carries and I don't know that uh, rushing carries and I don't know that any quarterback has. Um, you've got Bill Belichick there. You've got uh, Josh McDaniels there. These guys are, you know, they're not young coaches. They're looking to have continued success and they're not going to. I mean, even if you got the quarterback position right there, which I don't, that seems to be a long shot. Who are you building around other than that? Sonny Michelle, Jacoby Myers, Damian Harris, J.J. Taylor, Nikhil Harry? Mm, no. I think that jo- Jacoby Brissett makes sense there, but they have to they have to draft a quarterback, and whatever quarterback they draft, I'm just not really interested in them. I don't like I don't like anything um, that's going on new, in New England, and I don't want my fantasy teams to be you know, tied to that offense's success. You mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick. That would be a good option, but I think I'm pretty sure Fitzpatrick just retired. Um, so he will not play for the final team uh, in the in the AFC uh, East there. Um, so I, I would have a better – I would be better able to answer this question if I had some sort of sense of what the long-term plan is in New England, but I just don't. I just don't, and uh, I, quite frankly, I think it's anyone's guess. So Fitzpatrick, I don't—he hasn't technically retired. The reports are that he is, but then he kind of came out and refuted it, and then some other ones. I, I think he's still up in the air. I, I don't. He would be fun there. I think he would be fun. I mean, a Yolo. Yeah. You need a Yolo player in New England. So my my thing, I just I, I don't want to count out Bill Belichick again. I think after the year he just had and, and Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl, I think he's just petty enough that he's going to be pissed off to kind of to bounce New England back. I mean, obviously Buffalo is the class of that division at the moment. I think obviously Miami's been improving, but I just don't think you can count out Bill Belichick. 
Um, you know, I do think Mac Jones is like the perfect yes. fit for that offense. He really is. And, and I do think there's a shot that he's available at 15. So then I do think it'd be really smart for them to bring in an Andy Dalton or Ryan Fitzpatrick, preferably Fitzpatrick, because we, we know that that guy is not afraid to tutor those young quarterbacks. Very smart guy. Maybe bring him in on a year or two year deal. Let Mac Jones sit behind him for a year, learn that offense, hand over the reins to him next year. Where again, they've got a lot of cap room, and and I know a lot of people don't really. New England's not afraid to spend money sometimes, and they they really, in my opinion, on that offense, just need a wide receiver because Nikhil Harry just didn't hit. And, and I think if they bring in a wide receiver, I do think Damian Harris is good enough. A mixture of him and Sony Michelle, and I, I think maybe they'll probably take a a Michael Carter or something like that later in the draft to kind of help boost that offense a little bit. But Mac Jones and then one of these guys, you know, maybe it's Brissett, but I, just, I don't see him wanting to go back there. Uh, so Dalton or Fitzpatrick for a year and, and, and try and draft Mac Jones at 15 if he's still there. Bill Belichick has a 44% uh, win percentage without Tom Brady. You can absolutely count Bill Belichick out. I'm sorry. You heard it here first. I don't think so. Here's another debate for you right there. We're, uh, we're breaking down the Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick debate. Um, I, that's a tough one. That's, that's a topic for another show. Maybe, uh, maybe we bring, when we bring you guys back on, which we're absolutely going to bring these two back on. Um, you know, this is clearly one of the most entertaining shows that we've had on here. Uh, so we'll definitely bring these guys back on. I disagree. Tequila Cowboy episode is still one of my favorites. (laughs) That's, that's, uh, that's definitely top two. For sure. Um, so we'll move into the uh, to the running back position here, um, and we touched on them a little bit earlier there. Uh, and this is the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, with with James Conner being a free agent, and you know, it's a great story there. But all reports are that you know Conner is probably going to be moving on. They're going to be looking elsewhere unless they can bring him in for a cheap cheap deal. Um, so is there are there any free of these free agents out there that are are interesting to you guys here? Like we touched on Chris Carson earlier. Um, again, another guy that people forget is uh, Marlon Mack. Uh, you know, he's a free agent that everybody just kind of forgot about. Had a couple nice years there with uh, with Indy before he went down at the beginning of this year. Um, you know, Mike Davis just had a bit of a career resurgence. Um, so are there any of these free agent guys that you might be interested in going to Pittsburgh? Yeah, I actually think Marlon Mack would be a great fit for them. I know he's coming off the Achilles, which is not always easy for running backs to come back from, but I also think that works in Pittsburgh's favor and that they don't have to pay him that much money because he's coming off that injury. They're not necessarily strapped on cash anymore now that Big Ben restructured. You know, I know they're still talking they want to try and bring Juju back, but if you bring in a guy like Marlon Mack, give him a couple-year deal, even if he has to sit a couple games to get full strength, you've got Benny Snell and, and McFarlane there for at least a game or two with Big Ben, then you throw Marlon Mack out there. And Marlon Mack, I've been one of his biggest detractors, if I'm being honest. Like I I talked last year, I thought Jonathan Taylor was going to jump him in that first game, and it only happened because he got injured. But he can catch the ball. He's a very good runner. I think he's a better fit for that offense than Chris Carson because he can bang it in there, but he's got just enough juju to make you miss and catch the ball. You know, I know a lot of people want him to draft Najee or Javante. I just don't think either one of those guys they're going to take in the first round. And I honestly think both of them will likely be gone by the time he gets to Pittsburgh in the second round. And I don't see him reaching for a guy, even though I love Jamar Jefferson, I don't see him reaching for a Jamar Jefferson. So Marlon Mack, I think, fills both their needs as well in the fact that they want to compete now. And he's a pro running back that can get in that system and be very effective. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think Marlon Mack's the one that makes the most sense there. As I was looking through some of these free agents there, I, like I said, I just kind of forgot about him, and I think a lot of people did. And you know, he could take a one-year, two-year prove-it deal with Pittsburgh, rehab his value, uh, and then you know, look to go somewhere else as Pittsburgh starts to enter into a rebuild. Because um, I just don't see Benny Snell and, and Anthony McFarland being the guys there. I like Anthony McFarland, but he's more of a change of pace guy. I don't think he's like a lead back kind of a guy. And I just, I don't like Benny the snail at all. Um, you know, hard pass on him. Um, so the uh, the other running back uh, situation there that we touched on a little bit earlier, um, you know, with the Seahawks and that, them letting Chris Carson go. Now, I think that the Seahawks are an interesting landing spot because they're not afraid to bring in a, a, a guy who's a little bit more of a veteran. Um, you know, they, they re-signed Lynch 16 different times. They brought in Carlos Hyde. So I think that we could see one of these veteran guys go there. And there's some decent veteran guys out there. Uh, like we touched on James Conner earlier. I think that could be an interesting guy. Um, Todd Gurley, also a free agent. Um, you know, and then Leonard Fournette too is probably one of the bigger name free agents at running back that are available. So, um, you know, Felix, I'll kick this one over to you. Are there any of these free agents that you'd be interested in seeing in Seattle? Well, well what about Carlos Hyde? I mean, they had Carlos Hyde last year, and he was and he was fine. Um, they could just play it in house and and give and run it back with Carlos Hyde. I will say that, yeah, they have been willing to sign veterans and whatnot, but that's kind of been when. They were really competing for, you know, NFC West championships. And if they're if if that team is, I mean, that's another team where it's hard to figure because if they're going to get rid of what Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll is like the oldest coach and he's older than Bill Belichick. Um, you know, you got to think that they're not going to just rebuild. Uh, they they're always going for the gusto in in Seattle. But it's, but regarding you know. I actually like Carlos Hyde has kind of had a late career resurgence first with Houston and now with, um, with Seattle again, another value, another value that you could probably trade a mid to late third round pick for fourth round pick, even for Carlos Hyde for somebody who's not really thinking about it, but he could have that job to himself. And let's say for example, that they do keep um, Russell Wilson and just sure up the offensive line and add some offensive pieces. And what do you have with Carlos? I mean, you, you have a, uh, real value there with with Carlos Hyde so um but whatever running back they bring in whatever running back they bring in it's probably going to be a veteran it's probably going to be somebody cheap so um I don't just pay I just pay attention just pay attention to um where that value is going to come from because they're again they're going to bring in some someone older that no one cares about and uh and you can make a profit trading for that player hmm. So if you guys missed the beginning of the episode, by the way, Felix's running backs are sponsored by AARP. Uh, I am taking James Conner here. I think uh, he would be a great fit for this offense because I do think they're going to try and roll with Rashad Penny and DJ Dallas. Both are good receiving backs. Penny has got that burst, hopefully. Obviously, he's still coming back from the injury. We haven't really seen him succeed on the field, but I think Conner gives them that that bruiser down at the line. And just like Felix said, I think the same thing I mentioned earlier with, with Chris Carson and Marlon Mack, because of the injuries, you're not going to have to pay him that much money. And he is that veteran presence. And I love Carlos Hyde, former Buckeye, second mention now. And obviously had, I thought a really good season with the Browns, but Nick Chubb was just better. So they, they ended up moving on from Hyde. But I think at this point, it's got to be, it's got to be Chris Carson, not Chris Carson, James Conner. Yeah. I mean, and I just, 
I think that that's uh, that's probably the more likely route that they go. I just feel like a lot of people are probably wanting to see a Leonard Fournette or Todd Gurley type go there. Somebody who's a little bit, you know, got a little bit bigger of a name value there. I think that would be more interesting for me. Um, I don't necessarily see them going with anybody in the draft early, uh, although obviously nobody saw the Rashad Penny pick coming, so it's hard to say. But with given that they had just spent uh, a pick last year on DJ Dallas, the, the year before that they took um, DJ Dallas's former running mate in the backfield, um, Travis Homer. So they've taken some guys late. I think that's probably if they go in the draft, they probably go that route again. Maybe you see, you know, a later round guy go there, like a, I don't know, a Khalil Herbert, maybe a Raheem Boyd, one of those types of guys. But I think that the free agent route is probably more likely with them. Um, and then the last running back position that we have here is uh, my my favorite, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, obviously, with Gurley being a free agent here, you know that that wide that running back room is wide open. There's nobody there. Um, Ito Smith, no thank you. Brian Hill, no thank you. You know, I think we saw that neither of those guys are really even NFL options. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of interesting names out there for the Falcons for a running back and bringing in Arthur Smith. You know, he had a fantastic run game there with uh, with Derrick Henry. Now, obviously, Derrick Henry had a lot to do with that, but I think Arthur Smith has a really nice scheme for for running the ball. So, Matt, we'll throw this one over to you here. Are there any free agent running backs out there that are interesting for as a fit in Atlanta? So I'm I'm going to give you two, and I hope that you like both of them. The free agent I hope that they take is Philip Lindsay because I love yes. Philip Lindsay, yes. and, and I think he'd be a great fit there. And who I hope they take in the draft because I think he could be very much a Derrick Henry light, but better receiver is Javante Williams. And I know you, you and Austin are not quite as – I think both of you are not quite as big a fans on him as, as I as, am. Yeah, not as high as you are. <laughs> he, he is my number two running back behind Najee. I, I think he would be a great fit in that offense. You know, especially I know they I think they lost Mac on the offensive line, but they still have a, a good offensive line. And, and again, I, he's not quite the bruiser Derrick Henry is, but I think he's got just about the same amount of speed, a little bit better receiver. And we saw what Arthur Smith was able to do with Derrick Henry in that offense at Tennessee. You're telling me you could give Javante Williams and then Philip Lindsay in there as well to kind of be that change of pace back again, who I love. I think that kid is extremely talented. I think that would be a very dynamic duo for that offense. Yeah, I mean, I... I'm not as big of a, of a fan of Javante Williams as you are for sure. I, I'm, I like Javante Williams. I'm, I'm more of a, not a fan of his value currently in NFL drafts because I do like him. I do think he's a very talented running back. And if the Falcons can take him in the second round, I would be very happy with that. You know, take a quarterback, take your guy, Justin Fields, uh, in round one, that'd be my favorite pick there. Um, you know, Atlanta guy, you know, he could just easily step in and be the face of the franchise there. That would just be a natural fit. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I would be, I love Philip Lindsay. I love, uh, you know, the value that he would bring. He's just a guy that everybody kind of forgot about there when they brought Melvin Gordon in, he battled some injuries. So yeah, I think Atlanta is a great landing spot for a cheap free agent running back like that to rehab some value. Um, Kenny and Drake is sounding like he's also going to be a free agent. Um, I don't necessarily know how much I would love that fit there, but stylistically he kind of fits what they've gone with in the past. Um, you know, as far as, as their running back proto profiles there, but yeah, I think that, uh, Javante Williams, if we can get him in the second, sign me up. 
So I, I will say, because again, I, I mentioned many times and I'll say it one more time. I love Philip Lindsay. Uh, I've actually said multiple times. I agree with you. If they could go Justin Fields, Javante Williams, I will become an Atlanta Falcons fan because I just Welcome love aboard. those players. <laughs> Dirty birds all day, baby. Let's go. I, I, I would be a massive fan if they could pull that off in the first two rounds. Yeah, welcome aboard. We, you know, we're always looking for more people on the on the Falcons bandwagon. It does get uh it does get a little rough at times. There's a lot of rough patches, but have, you know, have, you have, I was gonna seen, I, I understand pain. I, I was just gonna say pain. I know I know you know that very well as a as a Browns fan, and Felix knows that feeling very well too as a Detroit Lions fan. <laughs> uh, so we'll uh, we'll kick into the wide receivers here. Um and you know, one of the places that everybody pegged their wide receiver for in the draft last year was green bay they didn't take a wide receiver in the draft at all they didn't really bring in anybody of consequence in free agency last year they brought in devin funches but then he opted out so you know he didn't even play last year so they're rolling with uh you know marquez valdez scantling alan lazard who was banged up and then obviously the mega talent that is Devonte adams uh, they were connected and the to mega real- talent that's Josiah Degara. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. He's more like the H back tight end type of a role. You know, maybe he gets on the field this year. Um, but they were connected to Will Fuller in uh, free agency or in, in the trade market there towards the deadline, uh, and he is a free agent now. So I think you know that's a potential fit that I think a lot of people are going to try to connect some dominoes on. But are there any other free agents that would uh, be interesting for you there in Green Bay? Or are you think they're looking more for the draft? It's hard to say what the hell the Green Bay Packers are doing. I can tell you this much. I mean, it wouldn't take a lot for somebody, for some wide receiver to take advantage of coverage on the other side opposite Devontae Adams, given all the um, attention that Devontae Adams demands. I mean, we saw him cook uh, Jalen Ramsey in the playoffs this year. And if you can cook Jalen Ramsey, uh, you know, I mean, you got to have like three guys on you. Well, um, you got Will Fuller. They've got uh, Will Fuller is just uh, on the same spectrum as Marquez Valdez Scantling, a stretch player. But what if we get a souped up Marquez Valdez Scantling in the draft and Tamarion Terry? in green bay and let him go all, like be with aaron Rodgers for a couple of years and develop and he would be have he would quite frankly have the same problems that that marquez valdez scantling has with consistency but do it much flashier you know he would be be faster and bigger and you know he's great after the catch um he is he's gonna drop the ball from time to time but he's much a more versatile player so why not get you know, why not get a Tamari on? T- and, and the other thing about the Packers is they love value. They love value at the, at the wide receiver. I can't remember the last time the Packers have taken um, a wide receiver, like in the first round. Um, they, I mean, they had the draft where they took, they took Jamon Moore, um, uh, uh, an equanimous St. Brown and Marquez Valdez scantling all like back to back. So, you know, this is a super deep draft as far as wide receiver goes, but what, as far as what them, something just a little bit better than what they have. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is somebody who can take the top off the defense. That's what Tamari Terry can do, but I think at a better level. Plus, he provides you uh, more value underneath because he can also take it to, to the house on, on slants and stuff like that, and he's a more physical player. So um, 
And I would love to see Tamari Ontario. I love Tamari Ontario as a player. I would love to see Tamari Ontario spend his his first contract in Green Bay. Well, since I can't really do a a Charles Barkley impression, I'll just say it as myself. Uh, Tamari Ontario is a knucklehead, so I, I don't see that fitting out. Tamari Ontario is knucklehead. There we go. I can't do it. So I, <laughs> I, you know, if you want to do it, go ahead. So um, my picks. There's two and. Something Felix mentioned earlier in the episode is what worries me about this first one. But if they do go the free agent route, I think Curtis Samuel would be a great fit in that offense with Matt LaFleur. Put him in the slot. You've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling on the outside with Devontae Adams. You know, they need a guy that I think Rodgers can kind of dump off to. And and Curtis Samuel can do a lot after the catch. So I think he'd be a great fit there. If they go draft, I've said this before on Twitter, and I'd like for them to do it, is go Rondale Moore. I think he would just be the perfect fit for what he can do in that offense. And and he's a guy who would, I think, take extreme advantage of that that double coverage of Devontae Adams on the other side. A guy who will bully you off the line and then get you every single yard possible after the catch. Yeah, I love the Rondell Moore fit there, too. That's the kind of the one that I want to see, especially for Rondell Moore's fantasy value. I think that would just be... You know, if that would be fantastic. I mean, you would start seeing Rondale Moore being hyped up as the potential wide receiver one in the class. I mean, I know, um, you know, our Austin does have Rondale Moore as his number one, but that's not super common right now. Um, you know, I, I think what a Felix or Matt, one of you guys has him as a wide receiver. I have him as number one Felix. also. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of love for Rondale Moore on the Debbie debate. Um, from the Debbie debate crew, but I think he would be a great fit there in green Bay. Um, the other, uh, big wide receiver spot where somebody would see a massive jump in value if they were drafted there or they went there in free agency is Kansas city. And, you know, I had been on before saying that, I, you know, I didn't see them necessarily taking anybody and spending big capital on one, but after that super bowl with, you know, nobody being able to step up outside of Hill and Kelsey, you know, that was just abysmal performance from those other wide receivers, they have to bring in somebody, um, you know, Miko Hardman can't get it done. It doesn't sound like, and you know, Sammy Watkins is a free agent. I don't necessarily think they bring him back cause he couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't get it done. Demarcus Robinson also a free agent. You know, he could go, uh, I don't think they could bring him back. I think this is a destination more for a, a veteran wide receiver. Who's looking for a ring. Um, and there's a couple of those guys out there. Um, you know, AJ Green, I think, is is an interesting one. You got TY Hilton, Marvin Jones as well. All guys who have been very productive at this point in their career. Um, you know, they're they're on the back half of their career, probably. But, you know, I think that they could go to Kansas City, pair up with Patrick Mahomes, and that can make things very interesting for them moving forward. Um, so do either of you guys have any thoughts on any other free agent wide receivers there? Or are you kind of with me where you're thinking that's more of a veteran option landing spot? I think it's a veteran option, and I don't think Marvin Jones is on the back half of his career. Yes, he was True. injured and out last year, um, but that's D- D- Detroit going through what everybody knew was a lame duck session, and and uh, uh, so I'm kind of throwing that those numbers out the uh, out the way. I, man, Marvin Jones has been a really good player, a really good player his entire career, and you pair him with. You pair anybody with Patrick Mahomes, I mean, they're going to be good. But I think that his skill set really would mesh well with and complement um, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. That's a team that I could see throw um, a couple of darts uh, at the position, maybe a, a veteran at a mid-level and then a, again, deep, deep class at the wide receiver position to you know take a shot in the third or fourth round, and uh, you'll see that particular player 
gain some value. But I mean, you know, they they've been hang, hanging their hat on on Kelsey and uh, Hill for a long time, and I'm for and quite frankly, Miko Hardman to get replaced, and they need upgrades at those other positions, at those other wide receiver positions. Yeah, I think Marvin Jones would be would be a great addition there if they can figure that out. I do think AJ Green wouldn't be a bad fit either because he obviously can do something, uh, not necessarily do something that Tyreek Hill can't, but gives Mahomes kind of a a shorter and a shorter field option than Tyreek Hill going deep. Um, and I will mention Felix's boy uh, Tamori and Terry. I do think would be a great fit here as well. He's the perfect skill set for what they're looking for. He's a guy that, you know, they love looking for those knuckleheads, it seems like. And, and I do think because of the perceived, because I'm just joking, he, I don't think he's really a knucklehead, but he does have the perceived off-field issues that I think he's a guy who will drop some in the NFL draft and is a guy that they can get in the third or fourth round that will fit perfectly in that offense. Yeah, I liked the I liked the Tamori and Terry fit there as well. I, I've seen people connect Kadarius Tony to them. I think that's more just the speed aspect that they have, and that's kind of redundant asset there with Miko Hardman. They already have a guy who's fast and can't do anything. You know why bring in another one in Kadarius Tony? Um, I, I like Tamori and Terry there as a fit. Um, you know, I, the, I put Seth Williams down as well as a bit of a fit there on the outside because I think that's kind of what they need is somebody on the outside. You know, they they move Hill all around the formation, but they they kind of need a true X wide receiver. Um, if nothing else, just to draw some attention there on the outside. And I think that's something that Seth Williams could do as well. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen him operate with nothing at, at uh, Auburn. And I think if you put him in an, in an offense where he doesn't even need to be the guy, I think he could be very productive there. And Seth Williams, Seth Williams is one of those guys. You do a rookie mock draft right now, and he's going like in the third, fourth round. He goes to Kansas City. I mean, he some people are going to take him at the end of the first round. People are going. He's going to be a second round pick. So, yeah, I think whoever goes to Kansas City is going to see a massive jump in value there. Um, and then the uh, the last sort of wide receiver position here that that's open, and this is one of the ones that, that it's a team that you know they have a couple interesting guys in Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, uh, but they're both big body guys, both on the outside, and I don't necessarily think that they fit all that well with Tua's skill set. You know, Tua seemed to operate best. You know, going under the, uh, you know, going on the in the middle of the in, in the middle of the field there with uh, with when he had Waddle, when he had Judy, when he had you know, uh, Devonta Smith too. So I think that you know they are a position where if they can get somebody who operates the middle of the field, I think that'd be a boon for them. And I think that there's one wide receiver in particular that I would love to see go there, and that's Juju. I would really love to see him in his fit there in Miami. Um, but yeah, they have the cap too, but you know, like obviously so they could afford a guy like Kenny Galladay as well. Uh, but are there any other free agent wide receivers that you see going there? Or do you think this is more of a position for the draft? Uh, so I, I mentioned this earlier in the episode, and I'm sure Austin's going to listen to this eventually. Uh, I, I do think that they should go Kenny Galladay. Uh, I mentioned earlier they've got the cap room. I think he'd be a good fit. I think he's better than Parker. And I love Preston Williams. I, I think those two would be good together. And I think they could attack it in the draft as well. And I know everybody keeps putting Devonta Smith there, but I think Jalen Waddle would be better in the slot over Juju. So if they could double up with like a Galladay and a Waddle, even though I don't think that much of Tua, I immediately give a boost to that entire offense with adding both of those guys. I, I get the impression that Tua Tagovailoa wants to see a lot of space 
So you need someone who creates that, whether it's Will Fuller or, you know, uh, it's not Devontae Parker. We know that. He doesn't want to throw 50-50 balls uh, to a Taga Vila. That's why he doesn't turn the ball over, at least he didn't in college. Um, but this is a team with a lot of cap room, and they have a lot of draft capital too. So, again, they, they, they're a team that could probably um, throw a couple of darts at the position. But the darts that they throw, I, I kind of disagree with you on, on it being Juju. Um, I, I don't know that Juju is a player that creates space, and, and I like Jalen Waddell. Um, I like some – I mean, there's a lot of speed in this draft. I, I don't – a player like Seth Williams, I don't see a player like Seth Williams working with Tua Tagovailoa. Um, uh, I'm trying to think – Devonta Smith. I mean, I think Devonta, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, I would love to see them uh, be paired with with Tua down in Miami. But it's whoever it is, you know, I don't think this think that there's going to you know a 50-50 um, ball type receiver is going to be someone who um, can kind of lose their uh, cornerback a little bit better. Yeah, that's why one of one of my favorites, and I, and I say sleeper here in air quotes because he's not really a sleeper wide receiver. He's just somebody that nobody's actually talking about. Everybody's like, yeah, I like this guy, but he's nobody's favorite. And that's Amon Ra St. Brown. I think he would be really interesting fit there in Miami. I think he, because he can operate on the outside, but he's typically better in the slot. I think he would be better over the middle of the field there. And he's also a yak guy as well. So I think he would fit to a skill set there. And he's not a guy that they would need to take real early in the draft. You know, you, they could take him in the second round. Um, I'm not sure if they have any additional second round picks. I think they do. Um, not entirely sure. But if they do, they may even not, not even have to take him at the beginning of the second round. Um, you know, they could probably wait a little bit later if they have a second one there. But I, I, I really like Amon Ra as a fit there for them. Um, and like I said, he's one of the guys that I not necessarily a sleeper, but he's I think he's very underrated. Um, so that'll that'll wrap up the positions here. Um, now on the show sheet, I put surprise debate. Uh, like I said, and I teased it a little bit at the beginning of the show. I think that Felix and Matt already know what's coming here. But if you have listened to the Debbie debate before, you know you know that these guys like to go at it. These guys like to get heated. And there's one quarterback battle that is has gotten a lot of attention there for these two, and that is Zach Wilson versus Justin Fields. So I'm just going to turn this over to you guys here. Uh, Felix, tell me why you hate Justin Fields. Well, it's not really a battle. I'm sorry, Colin. It's not really a battle. I mean, you know, everybody wants to say, oh, well, Justin Fields was the, be- the second best quarterback since sixth grade. They want to continue to hang on, on on to that. And I know that Zach Wilson is really inconvenient for you, Bruning, but he has, he's, got, he's got a better arm talent. He's got a better internal processing clock. He's got better pocket awareness. So that's why he's going to be the number two pick in the draft and go to the Jets. And we're going to see how, fall, how far Justin Fields falls. This is, in my opinion, this is just a factual statement. So I will say that uh, I know Felix loves his boy, Zach Wilson. I'm still trying to figure out how much Zach Wilson has paid him to be his hype man, because there's nobody else in the business that cares about Zach Wilson as much as Felix does. I will admit he's got a wonderful arm and you know what? He's great at throwing off platform and, and Felix loves, and I mean, loves to talk about Justin Fields getting sacked oh, one time in his entire career after seven whopping seconds. But 
Zach Wilson, I, I distinctly remember an entire sophomore year where, I mean, I think I probably could have played better than him. Stevie Wonder probably could have completed a better, had a better completion percentage than him in that sophomore season. But we we conveniently, the convenient truth, forget about that because he was so good last year. Uh, you're right. I hope that Zach Wilson goes to the New York Jets because as we talked about on the Debbie debate, where I think in all honesty, Felix buried himself in this argument anyways, is he needs Zach Wilson to go to a good team with good players so that they can make Zach Wilson look good. I don't care where Justin Fields goes. They can put Justin Fields on a CFL team and bring him into the NFL. Justin Fields raises everybody's level around him and makes them a better team. I said what I said earlier in the episode. If he goes to the Detroit Lions today, they're a playoff team. If he goes to the New York Jets today, he's their playoff team. If Zach Wilson goes to the New York Jets, they'll be picking like third again next year. I think that Justin Fields is less than the sum of his parts. That's that's my opinion. He is a, a tremendous athlete. He has a tremendous arm. He um he can. I mean, he you say that he runs a he probably runs a sub four five at two hundred and thirty pounds, but I but his clock is a red flag for me. There's no reason for a player that athletic to be waiting for somebody to come open in the fourth second of him dropping fourth and fifth second of him dropping back, make a damn decision, run, run the ball, run somebody over your 230 pounds, you run a four, three. And so I think that that is a, I think that Justin Fields tries to be too perfect. I think that he's trying to prove that he is a pocket passer, that he can be an elite passer. And he's just tries to be too perfect where I want to see things happen faster because they're going to happen faster in the NFL. And I don't see that all the time from Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that he likes to be perfect like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Oh, God, they're such horrible quarterbacks. I don't want Justin Fields to be like them. It's ridiculous. I mean, you're over here talking about you like Zach Wilson because he he you know, he know has that controlled chaos in the backfield. So did Johnny Manziel. That worked out really well for him. All right. Well, I, I, like I said, I wanted to put this here at the end here because our, our listeners don't often get to get to hear two guys going at it very often. Austin and I are typically in lock in lockstep or, you know, we're, if we do disagree, it's, uh, you know, not very often and it's not as heated. I, I love listening to you guys go at it. You guys always bring up great points for both of them. You know, after listening to Felix hype up Zach Wilson, I want to bump him up a spot. And then after listening to Matt hype up Justin Fields, I want to bump him up a spot. So, you know, I had to, I had to put that one in there at the end. You know that you guys are both driving the Zach Wilson and Justin Fields fan clubs. Uh, so I had to get in, that one in here. But I think that is going to wrap it up for the show today. We did go a little bit long. Not that I'm complaining at all because i love having you guys on here you guys like i said two of the smartest guys in the industry two of the guys that i respect the most um you know that's why we you know that's why i'm so excited to partner with you guys for for the campus to canton website that we all put together um so if you guys haven't checked that out yet again definitely go check out campus canton.com we got a lot of free content over there um you know or you know if you want to get rankings from myself from austin from felix from matt uh, from Alfred Fernandez as well. From um, you know, Jarek Back is coming in the near future here. Or check out his player profile or uh, his player metric database. You know, definitely subscribe. It's only two ninety nine a month uh, or twenty nine ninety nine a year. I would be remiss if I didn't throw in the fact that 
We interviewed Kyle McCord yesterday, and that is available on the Debbie Debbie debate um, uh, feed. And I think I don't remember if it's on the campus to Canton website, but Kyle McCord, the five-star freshman quarterback for the Ohio State. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I just said their name <laughs> right for, for the for the for the Buckeyes. Um, we interviewed him yesterday. That's so. another one for your bingo card if you had Felix <laughs> slipping up. I mean, you had me slip up earlier today and, and actually say not the team up north. And so I think it's just it's just fair that Felix messes up once. I, I do want to say really quick, thank you for having me on. You know, I know Felix probably echoes this sentiment. It, this is seriously one of our favorite podcasts. So being able to jump on here and, and kind of co-host here for Austin has been fun. I appreciate it. Again, with the smarter half as well, you know. Again, I'm sure Austin will listen to this eventually. You know, having have, being, being here with Colin is just it's, – it's so much better than being here with Austin. And no like one can – fake chemistry and you two really have it um you know it's the it's the sigmund bloom has has the couch and he has immediate chemistry with folks um but and i'm trying to think of the other shows where they have really good chemistry the, the fantasy focus football podcast the espn stuff they have really good c- chemistry but you and austin have something that you can't really uh you can't fake or or um uh it has to just be there and you guys have it Man, that's uh, <laughs> that that that's those are some lofty comparisons there. I appreciate that, guys. Um, you know, like I said, I appreciate you guys stopping by, helping me out here. Um, always a great time when I get to talk to the better two thirds of the Devi Debate team. Um, you know, again, if you guys aren't following them, uh, you got Matt Bruning here at Sports Fanatic MB. Uh, you got uh, Felix Sharp at Sharp Review, Sharp with an E. Um, you know, definitely go check out those guys. Like I said, they're always pumping out articles. You know, they're always putting up great Twitter threads, posing great questions on Twitter as well. Uh, you know, make sure you also check out uh, and keep an eye out for the early week companion show, uh, Campus Life. Uh, like I said, it is a little bit of a busier week here for, for Austin lately with the tax season coming up. So I'm not exactly sure which day that one's going to drop. That could be Sunday. That could be Monday. Uh, we will keep you guys updated on that one. But that is coming at the beginning of the week like normal. Uh, we check out, we have a lot of articles coming up here. Um, you know, like Felix said, also we are going to post the, uh, Kyle McCord interview, which that was a huge get that you guys were able to get a, a prospect like Kyle McCord and interview him. So we're going to put that one up on the, sh- uh, on the website here very soon as well. Um, and also, you know, you guys already have it up on Debbie debate. So subscribe, subscribe to that one as well. We are also going to do a, uh, Jersey giveaway here. Um, I believe Austin has secured the uh, a jersey here for the giveaway. That is going to be an autographed Travis Etienne jersey. So if you are interested in Travis Etienne, who just ran, uh, what was that, a 4.45, I believe. He's got clocked at 4.45 at 215 pounds. Draft stock on the rise. Get the rate and review in for the show. Uh, DM it over to either myself at C2C Decker, at Debbie Dietz. You can send it to Austin as well. You can send it to our email address at campus to or campus to canton at gmail.com. Um, we're going we don't have a date yet for that giveaway, but get those in as soon as possible. If you already reviewed, you are already entered into that. So we have that list there as well. Uh, as Matt just does a fist pump there because he's in and as is Felix. Um, but thanks again, guys, for joining the show. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, thanks for joining us.